Hold on, let me turn it up a notch We been slowing down, but we bad Time to watch, shine lights What's going on, everybody? This is J.R. Smith here at Unlocked. This is our sponsored program. This is sponsored by AllAccessGTE.com. So make sure you unlock your All Access Pass to go anywhere you want, around the world, or wherever, for golf experiences as much as you can. Check us out. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Unlocked. I am J.R. Smith. This is Ryan Gano, my quote-unquote co-host i guess we're doing this together because we are he's riding my coattails again it's it's very awkward for all of us yeah whenever i can anyway this this whole experience is pretty much about golf we are golf fanatics and the the reasons why we love the game so much and uh you know different experiences and different uh relationships obviously you know when you look at my somebody like myself with tattoos and professional athlete whatever whatever and you just wouldn't consider you know, certain relationships as technical as they can be. So for my guy, Ryan, Ryan is actually one of my greatest friends. And just looking at us, we just totally... We look like twins. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> easily twins. Yeah. But it's just the relationships that the game has uh, brings you along in different journeys and courses of life as well as courses of golf. And um, that's what we want to bring to you in this podcast slash video situation here yeah and the the funny thing was is jr and i talk about golf every day probably pretty much so uh our significant others think that we're weird uh, yeah. for the amount of time that we spend facetiming and talking about golf so we actually said with the amount of experiences that we've had and we're blessed enough to be able to play a lot of these golf courses we talk about it every day anyhow we might as well do this and get a bunch of like your friends your rolodex and my friends and, and get on here and talk golf because the one so, thing that we've noticed is that a lot of the golf podcasts are very technical. They talk about, you know, architecture and, and the latest technology, which, by the way, this is how bad of a degenerate golfer this guy is. Hmm. He has, I'm not going to say the brand yet, he's making custom wedges on the computer as we speak right now. So we want to talk about the experiences that golf creates um, and the, the random friendships. Um, you know, I'm friends with a bunch of cats that I would never ever probably have been for friends sure. with if it's not for chasing this little white ball around. So because we get to do a lot of these fun things, uh, we get to go and, and play a lot of the greatest places on the planet and experience these things. We just wanted to talk about it with y'all um, and, uh, and take you kind of along for the ride. So question I have to start when it comes to golf. When? When did the addiction actually start? For me, it's like uh, almost like 12 years ago. And so um, I was actually playing. In, I wasn't playing at the time. I was working out in Houston okay. with uh, John Lucas at the time. And um, throughout working workouts and stuff like that, I was working out with other NBA players. And with Char Lewis at the time, he started his foundation. And his foundation, his first event was a uh, was a golf outing. So I'm like, where was you know, it? Do you remember? Uh, I'm not really There's so sure, much good actually. golf in Houston. So I was... you know, it was, you know, it was sad because it, it was actually a really nice spot, but I took it for granted because I didn't. You didn't know golf better. I didn't, yeah. yeah, I didn't. Know I get better. that. 
And um, so I'm, I'm out there. He's like, yeah, man, just come around. You know, I wasn't married at the time. I didn't have kids or whatever. And uh, he's like, yeah, man. No, actually, yeah, so it's got to be 13 years now because I didn't have kids. So that's amazing. <laughs> that means you're getting old. Yeah, exactly. So um, he's like, yeah, man, just come around, mess with the car girls, whatever, take shots, whatever, whatever. I'm like, all right, cool. Some girls out there. <laughs> Golf sounds great. What? Golf is amazing. Outside, cool. So I pull up there. All these people are out there, obviously dressed in polos and khakis and all this stuff. I'm just looking at people like this. Is, <laughs> this is not going to be my crew. This is not. This is not me. I got basketball shorts on, t-shirt, uh, whatever. So I'm driving around and uh, I pull up, making fun of people. I pull up on Moses Malone. Rest don't, in peace, Moses yeah, Malone. Don't make fun of Moses Hall Malone of, either. Yeah. Hall of Famer. That's my dog. And um, he's like, "Young fella, come hit this ball. You talking all this shit? Come hit this ball." I'm like. You know, to me, when I look at people like Muslim Malone and, and, you know, Hall of Famer guys and stuff like that, I, I put them on the upper echelon of respect. Of right. Tears. So it's not like if he tells me, go get go get him a water, I'm going You're to gonna get him water. water. Yeah, I get that. You know, so it's just, all right, cool. I'll, you know, I'll try. He showed me how to hold the club. Now, mind you, my brother and my dad played, my uncles and played, and everybody always tried to get me to play, but I wouldn't play. So... Well, he he asked me to do it. He's like, all right, yeah, just do this, da 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 da. I'm like, all right, cool. Hit the ball 300 yards on a fairway. He was like, you know, I just walk off casually. Drop, shit, just drop the club. I'm done. This is too easy. Drop the mic, you know, pull off, talking shit. And um, he's telling me, so mind you, he's telling people all day, all day about the, the uh, me doing that. I pull back up on his group. Are you literally at this point just driving around in a cart bullshit? Just driving around in a cart yeah, I bullshit. It. I pulled back up on this group, and uh, he's like, "Yo, fella, do it again, do it again. They ain't gonna believe me. Da, 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 da. You can't do it again. Talking shit again." I'm like, "Oh man!" So I get up there, do it again. Hit the ball. The ball goes like skids off to the right. Some knuckles. Uh, so now, are your competitive juices like, going at this oh point? Oh my god! They're like, yeah, I told you, it ain't that easy. Ain't that easy. Man, give me another ball. I got it. With, don't even hit the ball. I'm like, oh no. And this is now in front of Moses no, Malone. Now this is in front of Moses Malone. He's like, he's a, like the celebrity in his group. So it's other another four people with him. Yeah, five. yeah, yeah. So I was like. Camera people there, like who's recording just for the foundation shit. It's like, oh man. After that, I got, I was hooked. I bought two well, sets of clubs that day. So that's one of the questions I have, and it's going to be very interesting, in my opinion, to, to hear this from a bunch of different professional athletes. Is the addiction a physical? You know, you're a professional athlete. That means you know your eye-hand coordination is very good. See ball, hit ball. Is that where the addiction comes because you can pick it up, or is the addiction more of the mental part? Because obviously, to be good at golf, which is why I suck, you have to be mentally strong to play the game. So is the addiction from the physical competition and the fact that you can do it, or is it from the mental focus it takes to actually be good at this bloody sport? I think it's the mental focus. Yeah. Um, because even even when with the athletic ability like to get really good, like I'm good, but to get wait, wait, really, hold, wait, wait, really good. Hold on. What's your handicap? Five. 
Okay, tell, tell everybody now what your real handicap is. This guy says he's a five. I think he's a sandbagging son of a bitch at this point because five, that bro. is... You want me to pull it up? That, no, look, you can pull it up, but he's a five. I call horseshit, but it is what it is. So, so in order to get really good, I think it's just more of a, uh, you know, the mental aspect of it, playing the course the right way. And um, after you know your swing and, you know, you obviously know the rules or whatever, you know where you pr- can pretty much miss it and stuff like that. So for me, it's just course management. I think. All right. So a little backstory um, that I think is probably worth talking about because we've got to experience something together that, I don't know, 99% of golfers on the planet don't get to do. Um, we got to go play, you know, the number one golf course, number one club on the planet. And uh, tell me about the golf course. Um, Outside of Hoda, what I don't want to hear is JR talking about the fact that he birdied number two. For all of you that know this golf course, number two is maybe top 10 two-shot par four on planet Earth. I'm assuming most of you know what course we're talking about. It's in south New Jersey. Um, I know you birdied two. And he, I mean, I mean when you shoot stats. 90, you got to hold on to something really good about that. But so oh. tell me about tell me about your thought. <laughs> tell me about actually. Your, what? I played well that day. I know you did. What you shoot? That I day? shot 80 that day. Oh. I shot 80 that day, and, and, and everybody in my group couldn't believe it because the golf course is, you know, obviously yeah, pretty hard. So tell me about that golf course. Um, for one, there's not a, there's never a, for me. I don't think there's a bad hole on the course. I think it's obviously one of the hardest courses for yeah. sure. But it's it's probably not probably, it's the best course I've played, I think. Yeah, I mean look, you know, my my opinion, we've talked about this a thousand times. I believe it to be the bar in which every golf course should ever be measured. Yeah. But here's the funny thing. So after we play this round No, hold on. One second. I gotta I gotta cut you off real quick. Oh, I shit. played with a guy at, oh, I don't want to say, I don't want to say the spot because I, I might be, I'm trying to, I might be trying to get What in. city? What city? It's California. I might be trying to get in. I don't want to say the Oh, okay. Spot. I know what you're talking about. I do know what you're talking about. You do know okay. where I'm talking about, but I can't say it because I'm, if I get in, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I need this. But the guy told me that. He played Pine Valley. And he was not impressed, and I and he was a he played golf in college. He okay. was like, did you smack him? I wanted. I mean, to. you smacked you people what, for you know less. What's funny, I, we played. This is, is probably on fourteen, fifteen. We played the whole day. Did you not talk to him the rest of the round at least? When I tell you, he wasn't. He was already not on my team. We were playing teams, uh, and it would just made it that much worse. All right, so that uh, guy sh- that guy should not be allowed to play golf anymore, in my opinion. So after this round, we meet up. We're, we're going to have dinner uh, off property, and my wife comes through, and I'm telling her about how wonderful this experience is, guys. I mean, it's legitimately one through eighteen, the best golf course you're going to play, best vibe, best experience, the whole nine. All right, so you don't need to get into detail on in it, but. That's Afterwards, we're at dinner, and, and my wife just looks at JR, and she's like, you know, you've won, at that time, it was just one NBA championship. Mm-hmm. You've won an NBA championship. You've done this. You've done that. You've been there and done this. Was it really that good? 
And do you remember what you said to her? It was better. He said, outside of a couple personal things with kids and family, it was one of the greatest non-family days that you've ever had in your entire life. For sure. And she said, no, there's no way that's possible. And he said, no, 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 you don't get it. The worst hole I've played today is the best hole on every other golf course I've ever stepped foot on. It's not even close. It's, and that, that's crazy to me, though. So there's a question. That's your, the best course you've ever played. I agree that's the best course I've ever played. Uh, what's your favorite? What's your favorite course? Because I think best and favorite to all of you golfers out there, totally different things. What is your favorite golf course? My favorite golf course. Because remember, well, keep in mind, this is a, a podcast about experience, right? So this isn't just going and playing a beautiful and perfect golf course. It's about vibe. It's about hang. It's about feeling. That's why guys like us are addicted to this game. It's not just hitting the ball and the competition and the, the shit talk. Yeah. It's the vibe and the hang afterwards. You know, we played over a spot we'll talk about later two days ago. Yeah. Afterwards, having a, you know, having a beer and, and bullshit, and it's kind of like the locker room vibe, right? Right, right. So, so what's your favorite? My favorite. Here's the easier way. Let's put it this way. Take Pine Valley out of it. You have one more round of golf to play in your life, and it has to be a place you've already played. What is it? A place I've already played. Uh, I would have to say... Either Fishers mm. or... You can see the wheels turning and all the different... I've played this place and this place and this place of, and this I've place. I've played a lot of places over here, but um, is it just me or I get the best? No, just you. You get one more round. Fishers, probably Fishers or... Um, there's a spot in Long Island I've been telling you about. We gotta find it. We gotta. I gotta find a connect. It's called Glen Oaks. Really? Yeah. Challenge accepted. If anybody listening listening to this is a member of Glen Oak, reach out. Um, Glen Oaks or Glen Oak? Glen Oaks. Of all the golf courses in Long Island, Glen Oaks is the one you pick. Yeah. Where? So it reminds me of the Masters. Really? Yeah. I've never been there. I've done a lot of Long Island. I've never done that one. So it's funny. Talk, let's talk about Fishers. Um, we went up like what twenty of us was it? Mm-hmm. You go up to Connecticut. <clears throat> Our boy, one of the guys, picks us up in his sprinter. He's got a customized sprinter he made. Shout out, Rob, um, to take Appreciate us around. That, yeah, for real, right? So we go up to Connecticut, and we get on this ferry. And I had already been to Fishers once, and 19 other guys have not played it before. And again, seeing that guy like JR and a, guy, a bunch of these other guys out there, how giddy you are about you take this boat ride over. And this is, that's, that's why Fisher's, Fisher's is different, man. It's different, bro. You take, you take this boat and you dock. Um, you literally walk through like, the, like the, these bushes and there's just a bunch of carts sitting out there like damn near in the sand. And you drive yourself back. Across the fairway. Yeah, right across the fairways, right up to, to this beautiful big old clubhouse. Yeah. And you get to go play Fisher's Island. And for, for those that haven't played Fisher's Island or don't know too much about it, first off, look it up. I mean... It's picturesque as a get out. It's amazing. Um, but it's cool with Fishers. A couple of random notes about Fishers. You remember what their halfway house, what the snack is there? I don't. They do peanut butter and bacon sandwiches oh, yeah, at the turn, that. which are ridiculous. Peanut butter jelly and bacon. 
I know that sounds stupid, but these are the experience things that, that, that always stick out for me. I don't even like jelly, and I, I pounded one of those. But the cool thing about fishers is that there are, there's like legitimately holes where you damn near play across the island. Like you feel like you're teeing off on one side and you end on the other. Yeah. What is the, uh, what is that, Olympic that has the uh, burger dog? Yeah. Thanks for bringing up a course I haven't played yet. Again, Rob, you've already been mentioned once. Uh, you know, I haven't been to Olympic, Rob, if you're watching. Um, I know they do that, but the other thing about fish uh, is that's wicked that people don't know. They don't have irrigation on the fairways. There's no sprinkler system. It is legitimate. Really? You didn't know that? We played the thing. I didn't know. I mean, I wasn't looking they, at the they, they water. Just the they, <laughs> they water the greens and the tea boxes, but they don't have sprinkler systems in the fairways mm. and um you know, like like it's self-caddy you know what i'm saying like they don't have a caddy program out there because it's on a basically a damn near a private island but that place is special having said that hold up that's not my favorite no offense to my friends at fishers my favorite round of golf that i've played in america national. it's close it's national golf links of america on long island and i'm going to shock you with another one I am in love with playing golf at Bel Air. I was, you know, what's funny when you when you, when you tied in everything with the hang and all of that. I was gonna say Bel Air, but it just it was for me. It was gonna it was either that or uh, or uh, Somerset. Well, Somerset's good. Yeah, Somerset Somerset Hills, guys. That's Somerset. another one. That's a that's crazy. That place that place is special. And, and again, that's. That's one of the true golf nerd spots, right? Yeah. Where like you don't know about Somerset unless you you right. know golf. But Bel Air is. Uh, but again, I haven't played Euro golf though. I haven't done that. So. Weird. So come on, Ireland. We need y'all to pull through because August. What are the dates? August twentieth something. Um, this guy's getting his first go in Ireland. Yeah. And can't wait. It's funny too because uh, obviously. Uh, with what I do for a living, you know, planning golf trips, I get to play a lot of these spots over there. If the question was posed to me, if I had one more golf trip to do before I died, where would it be? No offense to England. I love my Scottish friends, but it is Ireland all day, every day, twice on Sunday. Um, I don't think you can find a better front nine in golf. That includes place down the road than the front nine at Royal County Down. It is, it's just different, bro. Like, it's, a, it's an entirely different thing. And when you go do a golf trip over there, it's like, it's like stripping back all the layers that America has messed up about golf. Because over there, they don't have true, like, private club things very often. You know, every club there has members, of course, but they have times that other people can play it. But going and doing Port Rush, doing... Royal County Down, doing all those places over there, it's sick. So you, you'll love that. Um, what part What part of your game do you need to work on the most? What do you feel, wait, what do you feel best with and what do you feel worst with? Right now, I'm, my, my favorite club in the bag is my pitching wedge right now. My second favorite is my driver. All right, so let's talk about that. Um, so we played, we played at, uh, my home club, Philadelphia cricket club the other day. Yeah. And my man pulls up with 
new clubs, which every single time I, I see him, he's got new clubs, hence him designing new wedges now. But my man went straight up Bryson DeChambeau grips yeah. on every club. I can barely get my hand around the, the actual grip of his club. Um, so I'm shocked you didn't say your driver, because did you miss a fairway? I missed 17. I drove the fairway. Oh, sorry, he missed one fairway because he drove it through the fairway. That's something I've never had to worry about. Uh, what did you shoot, actually, that day? Uh, 82. Interesting. Um, I putted terrible. Three putted. Uh, hit the green in regulation four times and three putted. Three bogeys from three putts? Yeah. Or, you know, I, didn't, I don't remember. I was so um, consumed about the fact that I couldn't hit the center of a club all day. Um, all right, another thing we got to hit up is um, most of you who are watching this are probably a bit of a golf nerd as well. And JR got pretty famous from one of our visits at the place down the road. Um, how many people ended up reposting or how many people saw that? I don't know. So what we're talking about. So JR's first time to go at the number one course on the planet down the road. And he went into the pro shop, <clears throat> and I don't know if you're allowed to say it. I think you probably are. How much money did you spend in the pro shop that day? I don't know. You, you, don't, you don't want to say it, do you? <laughs> no, nah, I really don't know. My, my financial guy knows for sure. Did you get yelled at for it? Of course. So you got, you got home and put, he basically displayed all this stuff out onto the course, or onto the, your, the island, right, in the kitchen. Yeah. <clears throat> and he posted it. But didn't like Golf Mag and Golf.com and Golf Everybody Digest. And... They all picked it up, but it's like, for me, and it's obviously not good because my financial guy gets on my nerves about <laughs> golf. Like, my thing is, like, my I have a golf closet, and my golf closet looks like a lot of the, some people's pro shops. That's my goal. So when I go in there, it's like I don't have to go shopping nowhere else because so, I can go on my own stuff. So what is it, though? Is it the logo? Is it the course? Is it just how much you liked it? What What is it? Because, look, we've gone and raided a lot of pro shops. Yeah. A lot of it is, I mean, a lot of it is the experience, though. A lot of it is, like, the course as I'm playing it, how much I like it, um, depending on if I have a dope logo or not, um, depending if they have shit stock. Because a lot That's of true people, too. I mean, should we go to some of these places? They're empty. Well, yeah, especially with the the, the specific brand that you and I prefer wearing. Yeah, for sure. Um, in a in about what was it about a three week time period, we hit Pine Valley, Wingfoot, Quaker, Fishers, Somerset, Somerset, um, and I I bet oh shoot no and cricket. Um, yeah, every time I bring JR to my home West club at Chester. Cricket, Jim, they love us there because he goes in and spends... Westchester, too. Oh, yeah, Westchester Country Club as well. Um, so, you guys, if you follow around the hashtag of no pro shop is safe, um, that's basically when JR and goes and empties out um, pro shops all over the planet. Um, I'm trying. I'm trying to cut back. I'm, trying to, I'm being more selective with it. Is that, real, is that a real thing, though? It is. It is. Um, I just gotta. I'm looking for certain things now. As far as, that's why we gamble for wine glasses and stuff like that. Yes, that is. Uh, 
we were playing over at this little course in the area. And uh, the member that day said that we're going to play a match. It will be JR and I versus him and his son. Um, and I said, what are we going to play for? And he said, well, we usually play for four pieces of crystal. And I kind of didn't really know what that meant, but I didn't want to offend the, the members. So I'm like, oh, yeah, cool, cool, cool. Not realizing actually what that crystal costs when you get into those pro shops. Right. So I don't have, you know, I don't have NBA contract money. So we're down. We're getting our ass kicked. The front nine. I am legitimately embarrassing myself. Sandbagging. I think I'm pretty. Yeah, they were kind of sandbagging us. I'm pretty sure I contemplated picking up tennis instead of golf, like mid round. Something clicked on the back nine. We started going a little bit. So we're down like four. You win two holes. On you win sixteen. We're down one. You hit, you remember that putt you hit on 17? It was like 40 foot down the hill. It was ridiculous. The, the hole caught it. If JR missed this putt, high probability that it would have ended up rolling off the green and into a bunker. No chance. But it absolutely got caught. So now we're all square. Um, I didn't win a hole the entire day for us, but I happened to stuff one on 18. And we won. That's the one that'll bring you back, though. So. It, uh, damn right it was. So it was the only good shot I hit all day. Uh, but we won wine glasses. And I, I got whiskey glasses. Um, so now every time we go play, that's kind of our bet. Uh, until Baltusrol. Until Baltusrol happened last fall. What happened there, ah, Mr. Smith? There he goes. Yeah, well, well, anyway. Why don't, we, well, well, why don't we tell everybody about what happened at Baltusrol? You tell him. Since you so he got, I'll tell you. So 18, I chip in to save par, by the way. How embarrassing is that? But I, I chip in to save par to have our match. And to say that, that JR and I get competitive would be an understatement. So we go into the pro shop. It was my first time at Baltusrol, so I was stoked. They got a cool logo. I'm going to buy some stuff. So I put some stuff on the counter. I'm going back. I got to get wifey and the kids some stuff, and I'm putting it out there. And I come back, and there's a sweater and four wine glasses on my pile. And I said, well, what is this? And he's like, you owe me wine glasses. I'm like, no, no, no. We have 18. I don't remember why he said it didn't count, but in essence, he's drinking out of Baltusrol wine glasses because he tried to basically sketch out of, uh, of our bet. Do you have a different version of that story? Oh, no, it just sounds good. <laughs> okay, we'll keep it at that. Um, speaking of logos, best logos in golf. Best logos. Cricket. It's on your Wing sleeve. Front. I don't know if you can see that. This, that camera can see that logo. Cricket, wing foot. Um, I like Bel Air's. Bel Air's is cool, right? That's the shield? Like that like yellow and red kind of? Yeah. Yeah. I like, uh, obviously, Pine Valley, but I like the member. Uh, Remember logo at Pine Valley? Remember logo at Pine Valley. Yeah. That, yeah, that's a whole different world. I love Wingfoot. A cricket, obviously, I'm partial to. I love, I love places that, that pay respect, to, in my opinion, to the Native American logos. Yeah. I love Seminole. Seminole's dope. Shinnecock is good because of it. Obviously, cricket. I think Aronimink has one like that, too, don't they? I'm not sure. Never played it. Um, what are you doing on Thursday? Playing golf. Yeah, where? Around him, I hope. You, we're playing around him on Thursday, so. Um, 
Wingfoot's is awesome. This weather, I mean. Yeah, JR's spending most of his time now in uh, LA, so he gets back here and uh, is complaining about the, what is it, 55 and rainy now. Um, all right, so let's talk a little bit more about some of the guys you play golf with. Um, who is the best non-professional golfer that you've played with? The best they, non-pro uh, golfer I've played with? Um, it's, I mean, I know what some of the guys' handicaps you play with are, but. Uh, See, I would have bet money that he knew the answer to this straight up. Like, it would have been, boom, it's this guy. No, I mean. You know what I'm thinking of. a lot of zeros. Are you talking about, like, other pro athletes? None, yeah, or? just any, any of the best player. The best player that you play golf with. Matter of fact, it would be better. Best ex-athlete, current athlete, celebrity, whomever. Who's the best player? Best celeb right now is probably, uh, probably Ray. He's a what, point four? Well, he's like a point two or point three right now. I think so. What's like Steph, that. though? Steph is, I mean, Steph says he's zero, but I mean, I would say Ray because Ray is working on it right now. Right. That's his thing. He's. He's dedicated to it, so I mean, stuff is hard to be dedicated to playing golf and well, dropping 40 to 50 points. Every so we just thought we were talking about that before we went on air. What What's he doing right now? Is it his is it 10 straight games of 30 or more, like the longest streak in his career? Um, no, I don't know. I was talking about the uh, the 10 or more threes, 10 or more threes. That's just impressive. I'm pretty sure I saw this morning that. There are only two current NBA players that have multiple 10 made three-pointers in a game. Yeah. Steph's got like 10 of them. No, and he's it, got like 30 of them. And Dame, Dame and um, Clay, I think, are the only other two. What was your record for threes in a game? Uh, 12, I think. Are we, 11 or 12, something like that. Are we allowed to tell the story about the maybe the hottest you've ever been in the NBA in New York? The hottest I've been? Yeah, remember you had a first half that you were on fire because... Your hands hurting you a little bit? No, that's Denver. Oh, that was in Denver? Yeah, I was in Denver. I thought that was in New York. Mm-mm. When I got my hands tied it? Yeah. yeah Are we allowed to hear that story? I mean, it's cool. It's not, <laughs> it was, wasn't a really big deal. I mean, I wanted to get my hands tied it. And uh, one day, I just decided to get them tied it. It just so happened it was before the game. So your hands were a little sore when you got to the game? And how many threes did you make in the first half that night? You know, they, wasn't, they actually weren't that bad when I got to the game. But once I started playing, they swelled up and got puffy as shit. <laughs> how many threes did you hit? 11. Yeah. That's not, not, not a terrible day. I had to get out of my hand. Um, I just had another question that just totally went away. Um, all right. So name the one course you've not played yet or you've yet to experience that you want to play. The one place. Oh, of course. Really? Damn, I would not have. I literally would have lost more wine glasses if you would have asked me to bet on that. Yeah. The old course. All right, so you're playing the old course. Who's your dream foursome? Dream foursome. Um. Dead or alive? 
Ooh, that's a good question. Dead or alive, what do you think? So anybody, dead or alive? Dead or alive. Uh, I'm shocked that you said the old course. It's a my deep... grandfather... It's a better question than I anticipated. Yeah. I would say probably my grandfather, um, Ali, and... Uh, I'd love to see Ali swing a golf club. Is there any video of that? Um, no, it's a selfie. You should try to find out. Yeah. Ali would shoot a thousand then, by the way. At the old course. I just want to hear him talk. Mm -hmm. I gotta hear the knowledge. Uh, my grandfather, Ali, and probably my daughter. Oh, look at that, it's being sweet. So here's the funny thing about the old course, which obviously we'll get to at some point, but when you go to the old course, um, actually I have a great story about the old course. So we're, we got 20 deep, we're, we're teeing off, the first group out, um, there's a, a buddy of ours from Canada, big uh, 6'8 dude, hockey player. Um, the old course, the first tee is the widest fairway, literally in golf. I mean, I don't know exactly what it is, but it's like 180 yards wide. You can't miss it. You can top a tee shot because of how hard it is there. It's going to roll for 200 yards. So my man gets up, and we're all nervous. The RNA is right there, and this guy gets up, and he snap hooks the ball off the first tee. And when I say snap hook, I'm saying it's going to like the bay window at the Russick's hotel on the other side of the road over there. It hits the side of a panel van so hard that it ricochets out almost all the way across back to the right side of the fairway. The starter came over to him and I'm not going to pretend to do a, a Scottish accent and said, son, I've been here for like 52 years. That's the worst tee shot I've ever seen hit here. So no, it gets worse. So this guy is so embarrassed, he goes out and plays his 18 holes at the old course, and obviously the hits group made fun of him the whole time. So my man gets up to 18. So 18, obviously, and one at the old course run parallel to each other. 18 now, um, he tees off, he's a righty, he tees off, and he slices one. It's going to the bay window at the Russick's Hotel, boom, hits the same panel van, pops out into the middle of the fairway. This dude laced the first and the 18th and hit the side of the same van. That's some shit. I mean, I don't know that's what the odds impressive. are to that happen, but... No, that's impressive. So, well, here's what's funny, though. Every time anybody that goes to the old course, everybody says when you get to the Swoken Bridge, right. the bridge basically between 17 and 18, you know, the photo with everybody putting their leg up like Captain Morgan, you get there and you're like, man, I'm not going to do that stupid photo. No chance. I'm, I don't need that. I guarantee you, you're going to get on that thing and... and do that same photo, put that foot up on there and wave to everybody. It's, it's a very, very unique spot. It's one of the very few golf courses that you feel like you're playing golf with a ghost there, man. Um, and I'll also tell you, the most terrified you'll ever be hitting a wedge will be on that course. It's the 18th. You probably, with as long as you hit it, you're probably going to have like 60 yards in. But behind the green are a thousand tourists. Cameras out everywhere. And you're not nervous about them watching you. What you're nervous about is catching, because they're tight lives, right? It's like hitting off this table, blading one mm. over the green and killing somebody. 
I was, I literally, I had like 90 yards in and I was terrified to hit that. But that shot and the shot on 17, the road hole where you hit it over the hotel, yeah. um, are two shots that I'll never, ever, ever forget. It's one of those things like, you know how that some of those places that like, just burn in your mind? That tee shot and that wedge are two of the best memories I have of playing golf. Um, that brings me to one. What is your most embarrassing moment on it? Oh, hold on. We actually have video evidence. Is that Ali hitting a golf ball? So maybe he'll yep. shoot, with that swing, he's going to shoot 150, not 200. Oh, no. That's kind of amazing. So most embarrassing moment on a golf course? Most embarrassing moment on a golf course. So I'm going to have you tell yours, and then I'm going to tell you the one that it probably should be. <laughs> or while he's thinking. You were going to ask me, right, what my most embarrassing yeah, moment is. Sure. So I'm newer to golf than him. He doesn't like to admit it, but I'm newer to golf than him. I played a bit as a kid. But I didn't play for like 20 years. I picked it up. It's about six years now that I've been really into golf. And it was about six, maybe seven years ago. Uh, it was right before the Masters. And we went down to Eastlake. And uh, we had about, I don't know, there's 40 clients. And there's about 40 clients and caddies and a bunch of people around the first tee. Mm-hmm. I'm the first one to tee off. And I, I don't really get nervous playing golf, but I was really nervous over the first, the, that ball. My man, I took a full swing. And I don't think I made contact to the ball, but the wind knocked it off the tee about one inch in front of the tee. And I could hear the rumblings and people trying to, like, you know, quell the laughter. I picked up the tee. I put my hand up to everybody, like, don't say anything. And I ended up hitting driver off the deck. Maybe the best drive I've ever hit in my life. But standing there for that like five seconds where the ball barely fell off the tee, that was bad. That was Um, a bad one. For me, I I think playing in in, uh, Tahoe. In the celebrity one? Yeah. I, um, I got there and... Everybody's like, I first of all, I showed up late. Wait, you're late to stuff? Oh man, weird. So I showed up late to <laughs> to the practice or to the um, to my round. Not not I don't miss my my tea time or anything. Yeah, but um, I don't have time to practice. No practice at all. I'm up and all that. So I hit the first tee, and everybody's. Uh, I don't know the holes. Everybody else has played it. Most came in early yeah. weeks, early and yeah, shit yeah. like that, taking this thing like it's the Masters. Well, I don't so know I'm my boy. All the tournaments I played in, everything has been like you know best ball, whatever, right? Uh, like, uh, whatever tournament, whatever. Um, like scramble form, scramble like different formats, formats and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Formats. And um, so I get there, find out everybody's playing off their own dime. This is really. You know, they take that shit seriously. Me not knowing this, I'm I'm walking up there like, oh, it's cool. I'm not just, you know, not that. Ray's out there. Uh, grinding. Grinding. Like, this dude's out here really grinding to win. They want to win this stuff, man. Scobie's out there grinding. I'm like, oh, my The God. kicker? Yeah. Yeah, he's a stud, right? He can play. He won like three times in a row or something like that. Because I know, uh, 
you know, Jeremy Roenick, uh, who we'll actually have on the show um, later, he plays in it every year, and he like he gets pissed off if he's not playing well. He wants to win that shit. Yeah, for sure. And that's how. And of course, that's how, that's what happened to me. So uh, first tee shot, I hit driver. Everybody else is hitting three woods and whatever. But I'm the first person to go. So nobody told you so like Jared, don't hit three woods. What was your caddy doing? I had. I, Who'd you have? Give me, ask, well, they, they give you a house me, caddy. A house caddy, but the guy just got there. He's, he's this is his summer gig. He hasn't done like this. He, is, he wasn't an expert caddy like who you had at the right. Phoenix Open Pro Am. Not right, but yeah, <laughs> something like that. So I'm like, cool. Get up, smash driver, almost killed a group in front of me. But oh, you hit into him? Yeah, but I'm still like in play. Get up there, everybody's like, great drive, whatever, whatever. Chip. Blade it? Blade it. Uh, I ended up making like double or something like that, and the rest of the day was shit. Just from downhill from there? Just downhill from there. Um, that was one of the things that we, we have to bring up. Is, uh, that was your first time playing in the Phoenix Open one, right? Yeah. So, Jared calls me, and obviously I'm going to be at the Phoenix Open just because of my business, and, and we're out there every year. And he's like, hey, man, I just got... Invited to play in the, the Phoenix Open Pro-Am. Um, you want a caddy? I'm like, hell yeah. That sounds like a blast. I've never caddied, but we play enough golf. I mean, I probably know your game as well as anybody. So, yeah, let's go do it. So, we knew it was going to be fun when you called me on the way to the airport, right? Yeah. It was you and me. We're on, the, on your way to the airport. Yep. He's, like, he's like, man, I got a problem. I'm like, what? Like, this could be bad. He said, you remember? What you said? He's like, I forgot my golf shoes. Like what? It's not the easiest thing to find a, a pair of cool, but size whatever size, 15, 16? Perfect. golf shoe. So now I'm calling people all over Scottsdale, trying to find get the Nike rep to get to get uh, his golf shoes for him, whatever, whatever. So we go out and we're, we're teamed up with uh, what's his name? Um, Rory, right? Rory Sabatini. Rory Sabatini. Yeah, all right. so by far is probably one of the greatest personalities on tour. We should probably call him. By far. You know what? If you reach out to him, he'll come on the show, by the way. That dude told by more far, dirty jokes bro. in the first two holes than I've ever heard on a golf course. This dude is hilarious. He's amazing, man. I'm, I'm so upset we only played nine holes, man. Well, we won't talk about who we got on the back nine, but we'll say it was different than Rory. Um, playing pretty well. You made a, I remember made a long putt on, on one to save par. We're going to the two tee box, and some dudes who are massive fanboys of JR were like, yo, Swish, come here, Swish. So JR, one thing I'll say about my man, and we've traveled, we've played golf everywhere. I've never seen him turn down an autograph or a photo. And not to get too serious on a podcast, it's not supposed to be serious, but it's a really, really cool thing to have somebody who will take – the time out of his day to do that for people and i know there's a backstory i'm sure we'll get to at some point as to why he'll never say no but it's a really really cool quality that you have which Appreciate i've always it. respected a lot but so these guys are like yo can we take a photo so jared gets over and takes a photo with him and he's like do you guys want a drink and we're like yeah well i mean this isn't a serious pro-am so swing me these guys followed us around for the next 17 holes feeding us drinks every other hole so we get to 16. You walk through that tunnel. What are you feeling when you walk through that tunnel? Um, 
Honestly, I didn't know what the hell to expect, man. That was like... It was very... Uh, unexpected, I would say. I wasn't expecting to obviously not hit the green. But, <laughs> yeah, we, we did. I did win a bet there, by the way. Um, but how many times have you hit a golf ball in front of 35,000 people? For those that don't know, the 16th hole at the Phoenix Open is the stadium hole where they build literally a, a, an arena around this par three. So you walk through a tunnel and you come out and it's like full DJ Kelly, your boy Kelly James, is like rapping. It's uh, a show. It's something else. It's definitely a show. So you missed a green, but you, we shambled that day. So you're able to go yeah. to somebody else's ball and putt it. Right. So it wasn't like, it's not like. Uh, and like a super embarrassing moment because it's like a sh- like in like a shamble or whatever situation. So, but, but it's still, what was more nerve wracking? Legitimately more nerve wracking, taking a jumper to win a game in front of thirty five thousand people or hitting that seven iron. No, hitting that seven iron. It's not even close. What's more nerve wracking? Standing over a five footer to beat me for wine glasses, or shooting a free throw at the end of a game to win it. Why, why is, I, I know the answer, why is that five-foot putt actually more nerve-wracking? Well, to shoot a free throw to win the game, uh, opposed to making a five-foot putt for some damn wine glasses, I'm going to take the free throw, but... That's more nerve-wracking? Yeah, hell yeah. But you, you're going to make the free throw. You've done that a billion times. Yeah, still the environment is different. The whole, it's totally different. All right. Well, so let's talk... We'll talk about 17, Phoenix Open. It's a drivable par four. I hand him a driver. He says, no, it's a three wood. I'm like, you can't hit a three wood that far. What happens? You tell me. He, he, he drove the green, makes a 15-foot eagle putt. Places bananas. So on 17, the, whole, the, the entire hole is not wrapped. It with fans, but around the green is still it's right. there's probably what twenty thousand people still on seventeen. Bananas, he's tipping his cap, he's playing it up. It's fun times. So he's riding super high, feeling like a boss walking off seventeen. We get to the eighteen tee box where there's still quite a few fans. Um and what what happens on the eighteenth tee? I ripped one. <laughs> I tell you I ripped it, I ripped it. You swung pretty hard at that, didn't you? Straight into the water. He Cold tops Dust one, it. cold tops it, trickles. It didn't even like hit the water hard. Nah. It like bleep, 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 and trickled into the water. No, nah, <laughs> it was pretty. Never seen again. It was pretty bad, but. I think I did it twice, actually, because I hit two balls. Did you re I think I re it. I think I walked away and was hanging my head in shame. Yeah. Um, that was a fun that. round. Are you going to do that again? Yeah, if I can invite it back, I'll do it again. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, so. Um, when JR didn't have shoes for the, the Pro-Am, uh, I called a couple of guys. JR and I share a bit of another addiction. We're both really into sneakers. Um, I actually thought I had a really, really good collection. And one day, JR FaceTimes me pretty early in the morning. And I don't even, were we playing? I don't even know why, but he FaceTimes me. And I'm like, dude, where are you? I thought he was in a shoe store. He's like, oh, I'm just in my closet. And I look back and he's got racks on racks on racks of sneakers. And I was like, I, you know, I have like my wall display in my house of my shoes. And I felt terrible about my own collection. But nonetheless, we, we have a, a shared sneaker addiction. So I called my man, um, Kyle. 
uh, and Kyle's real dear friend, Jeremy from Manor, um, out in Scottsdale. If you guys are out in Scottsdale, go by Manor. It's a great sneaker shop. Um, Definitely. good they stuff. Love me up. Yeah. Good sure. stuff. So, so I call, I call Kyle. Actually, and that's where we got the uh, waste management 97s from. Yeah. 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 So I call Kyle and I'm like, man, we need to get some shoes. JR doesn't have any golf shoes. Does, do you know anybody in the area? Cause I don't know Scottsdale all that well. And he's like, yeah, my man, Jeremy at Manor, I'll see if he can hook him up. So when Jeremy heard it was for, for JR, he started calling his Nike reps and going there and doing this and all these crazy things. So what he ended up doing is he went into the Nike trailer at the event mm. to find if they had any pair left in stock. And that was the, 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 the grass, the green grass yeah. uh, Air Maxes. And those, sick. do you know where those are? Because that was yeah. obviously right after, pretty soon after Kobe passed. Yeah, no. um, so I know you wrote, you wrote something on the shoes, but yeah. uh, that, was, that was a pretty special, a special time. That was a, that was a fun one. It was yeah, you and Golden Tate were the only two that I had those shoes. Yep. Which so is I was sitting next to one of my idols, Emma Smith, hitting practice balls. Like, it was no big deal. He yep. doesn't know I was fucking going nuts. You were, were you, wait, were you legitimately fanboying Emmett Smith right there? For sure. He's a Dallas Cowboy fan. I can tell people we were related growing up. Did you really? What? For sure. That's amazing. So who else, when you were a kid, obviously, so those that don't know or don't remember, Jared went directly to the NBA from high school. But he was also a very good football player, so he's a pretty well-rounded athlete. You were going to go to UNC, right? Is yeah. that where you were going to try to do if they let you do both? If they let me do both, but Miami wouldn't let me play basketball. So, so um, who else? And I mean, obviously a Cowboy fan, but who else did you look up to? Like, who were your, your sports idols as a kid? Football, basketball, baseball. I was uh, Deion Sanders, uh, Michael Jordan, and uh, King Griffey. Oh, Ken Griffey, that's a good one. So, um, all right, then put you on the spot. In basketball, who's the greatest of all time? Jordan. You have one pick to start a franchise today. Get any player you want in their prime. Who do you pick? Jordan. Okay, uh, football. He's got to do by position, probably. Football is probably tougher. No, really. You're yeah. starting a franchise today. Who do you pick? You need defense. So I'm taking Deion or, or Lawrence Taylor. Lawrence Taylor's a good one. He was terrifying. Um, so you picked Jordan to start the franchise. Yeah, why not? I mean, I think he's the greatest player of all time. But if I'm building a team, is there a better guy to build a team around? So, interesting question. If he's the greatest, is there? I think so. Doesn't well, mean it doesn't mean he's the greatest teammate all the time, too. You say he's. We all we all watch the last dance. The greatest player. He's the greatest player of all time. I, I look, my, my firstborn son's middle name is Michael, but I have a debate in my brain if I'm starting a franchise, a franchise for the next 15 years, do I take LeBron? You take LeBron because of marketability and everything else. But he also makes his teammates drastically better, right? Were you your best version of a basketball player on LeBron's team? No. When were you? Ooh, interesting. When were you the best player? The best player? Yeah, total player. Defense. I was with the Knicks. With the Knicks? Because I was doing everything. When I got to, when I got to Cleveland, I was one-dimensional. I was a spot-up shooter and played defense. You did that really well, though. I'm, I'm a basketball junkie, too. One thing that I've said to, to JR before, I think it's an interesting note, maybe the most famous block in NBA history. LeBron 
pins Dre based oh, on the backboard. Sure. Um, that play doesn't happen if somebody doesn't get back on defense. How many people do people recognize this, or is it only basketball nerds? If he doesn't get back on defense, Iguodala goes up either and dunks it, or he doesn't have to kind of pull the ball down and re-release. I don't think that block happens. It probably doesn't, but we, that's something we always talked about, always rehearse. Always try to get some guy underneath, make yeah, him make him delay the shot. We do it all the time. Uh, people just don't talk about it because it's Brian and he's making they're making the play. So it's kind of like when Magic passed to somebody and they dunked it. They didn't really show the guy dunking. They just showed Magic's pass. Yeah, it just happens. It was always seemed to be worthy on one side and Cooper on the other. Though, right. right. Um, what is uh, what's your best LeBron story? Best LeBron story. Are you still designing wedges right now? Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what color I want. He's a full-fledged addict, guys. This is a real thing. So, best LeBron story. You got to keep him focused. Best LeBron story. Or what's what's the craziest thing you ever saw LeBron do? Because he's obviously physically a freak. I mean, he do crazy shit all the time. Uh, It's crazy to me, but, I mean... I can't. I, I'm fascinated by people who can sleep forever. Like he's sleep. one of those people that can sleep for four or five hours and not miss nothing. Like, I can't sleep like that. If I go to sleep for four or five hours, you better go check on me. If it's the middle of the <laughs> check, day. Check a pulse. For sure. If it's not a game day, I can't take. I don't take naps. It just don't work for me. And he's a straight up uh, pass out, dead of the world. For sure. Um, and if, go to sleep early. Like, go to sleep at literally 10, 11 o'clock, wake up at 5 or whatever, do his workouts, go to sleep again, go to work out, whatever, go back to sleep before he take, goes to sleep for the night. I'm like, bro, what are you doing? But it works for him. I'm going to be honest. I have three kids. That much sleep sounds glorious. I um, can't do it. All right. If you were going to start your team, one through five, with you included, of teammates... What will be your starting lineup? I want to put you on the spot. Starting lineup. So who's, who's the point on the, the team of any teammate you ever had? Who's it going to be? Chauncey Billups. Oh, yeah. I'm a J-Kid. Ooh, that's tough. You got to pick one. Um, Whichever one you piss off the most, we're going to bring on the show to talk shit about it. Shit, I probably pissed off Chauncey more. <laughs> um, J-Kid or Chauncey? To hoop or to golf? No, to play to play basketball. You're starting your team. Well, Jay Kidd's a stud golfer too, though, isn't he? Hall of Famer. Yeah, Chauncey will be a Hall of Famer, but Jay Kidd is just. All right. So, what position are you playing on this team? Are you the two? Uh, I gotta be the two. All right. Who's your three? My three would be Melo. Four would be Braun. Um, and five would be. That's a tougher. There's. I'm trying to think of who you played with as a center. I have played with. I played with two defensive player of the years. Who? Marcus Camby and um, Tyson Chandler. So. In their heyday, it was either one. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I would take Tyson because of the you know the spring and 
Tyson Tyson also had a like that defensive tough guy element. Like yeah. if there's gonna be a brawl, it seems like Tyson would be a guy that Tyson's in there. Tyson. It's a, it's a pretty it's a pretty solid squad. Right do you win a, do you win a championship with that team? Oh shit. I can't <laughs> say that. I'm sorry, Anthony Davis. Oh yes. Oh man. Wait, you're gonna put him at a five though? He doesn't like it to five. You gotta be at the five. Well, that team he does. You play this like small, small ball five. I'm tripping. Damn, AD, my bad. Yes, we've officially pissed off our first oh, guy on our man. podcast. I ain't even think about my boy. So um, my boy. Yeah, your second, your second NBA championship has just been voided away from uh, from the Lakers. Um, Sorry, worst things have happened. Yeah, you, you gotta do. Uh, thank you guys for watching our first episode of Unlocked. Essentially, what we we're trying to bring to you is barbershop meets pro shop. Uh, we'll, we'll be bringing some great guests as well who have this extreme passion and fascination with this game of golf that we have as well. So uh, we'll definitely see you next time. I'm J.R. Smith. This is my co-host, Ryan Gano. See you next time. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. Talk to you. want to take a special thank you to our sponsor for the Unlocked podcast, All Access Golf Travel and Events. To unlock your next golf experience, head over to allaccessgte.com to check out our lineup of events and golf experiences all over the world.